This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Nation, welcome to episode 74 of Power Athlete Radio. That's right, 74. Shit, almost, almost going on two years. This is Denny. I'm here with John, Luke, Tex, and Callie. How's it going, guys? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? No, we're happy to be here. I, no. Callie, by the look of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of I, excitement and uh, no, fever on Callie's face. No, I'm not sure what's going on over here. No, when Denny, when you said two years, I don't know why, but John and I looked directly at each other, and we just, there was just a moment of, yeah, yeah. oh my God. Last time I saw that look on uh, on somebody's face, they were brushing their teeth with a forty five. Yeah. so I was just clanking around, <laughs> just brushing the teeth with a hollow point bullet. In the, Has in it the been chamber. two years? It's <laughs> been close, at least a year and a half. At least yeah. a year and a half, right? 52 it's weeks like in a year. It's four weeks. 74, really 75 weeks. I think we're ready for a Greatest Hits oh. album. Dang, uh, yeah, I'm looking right now for a quick search, and it's not popping up what the first one is. The very <laughs> first one, it's hidden. It's hidden deep in, like, in the archive land. Yeah. Yeah. In the annals. In the annals. Annals. Or annals. It's deep in the annals. <laughs> annals. Oh, my God. Wow. So, Please John, uh, you and Tex went to Germany last week. How was that? Uh, it was good. Uh, so, uh, Luke and I start off with uh, how I ended up going in, in Luke's place? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's what I was going to... That's what I was going to do before I got interrupted. So, <laughs> but uh, what happened is, is Luke and I were supposed to go to Germany to teach a seminar for you know 37, 38 new souls that were looking to be indoctrinated into the CrossFit football methodology. And on the way to the airport, uh, you know, Luke was a little flabbergasted, a little overwhelmed. Uh, you know, we were trying to do T-shirts. We were you know in a rush. Uh, we stopped to get gas. He starts working to try to rearrange, repack, and uh, get everything all situated for our flight. And he takes his backpack out of the car. We get in the car. We drive away. As I'm driving, I look and go, dude, where's your backpack? All of a sudden, holy shit. So we and do it's a- like, it, you mentioned it five seconds after yeah. we left. But the, the gas station that we had was right off the freeway. And uh, there was John no leisurely pulled away from the parking lot and leisurely... Gently rolled through a red light or two to get right onto the freeway because yeah. we were late. Yeah. Uh, but no, if, if you've ridden with Wellborn, you know he hammers it. And we were on the freeway. And we're like, it was five seconds. Yeah. Like any other gas station, we would have just whipped to you and been there, no problem. But it was this gas station, this exit. But uh, yeah, we, we pulled like a big loop around and got there maybe not, what do you say? It was like 90 seconds, two minutes maybe? Yeah, it was pretty close. Yeah, it, it was it was enough to just get on the on ramp, get back on, kind of loop it around. It had to be under five minutes, and you said you were there so fast that the guy adjacent to you is still pumping his gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there were people still there, and uh, so we go back in, and um, when we drove away, I guess somebody grabbed Luke's backpack, which had his passport, 
uh, his new Compex muscle stim machine, and uh, what else? Your computer. Uh, computer. Lots of wires. Yeah, lots of wires. Various charging uh, wires. Also, our Well Food Co. MREs. Yeah, three Well Food Co. MREs, so over 3,000 calories worth of sustenance. And all that stuff you were smuggling into. Germany. No, that was in his butt. <laughs> yeah, that was safe. Yeah, was yeah, that was in the state. Also known as the butt. So all of a sudden, we're in a dead panic because there's no way that he's going to be able to get on the flight to Germany without a passport. So as we're driving, the best he could do was to go get a rush and then leave the next, the previous day at 6 p.m. Uh, we checked a flight for Cali at six thousand dollars, so we kind of scrapped Apparently that. Apparently, I'm not worth it. Yeah, yeah. It was sixty-two fifty, and I'm like. Yeah. So that's a little bit more than we expected. And I mean, Tex was his only. Tex was like sixty-one seventy-eight. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, actually, Tex was sixty-three hundred, but he was closer, <laughs> so it was easier. Actually, uh, Tex was a significantly. He was about one tenth the price, so I had to make an executive decision and go with the. Uh, well, you know, you get what you pay for. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I uh, We hit up Tex and uh, sent him in. I mean, there was a thought there for a little bit of fear in my heart that I was going to have to show up solo and coach for <laughs> 67, 68 people, which uh, would be absolutely hilarious. And uh, love to see that. Oh, it would have been bad. It's only happened. No, it was. It, it was great. It I got to. Yeah, I got the call from John, and they were a bit in a panic trying to explain the uh, the story. But it was like bottom line. It was like that scene in the town where. Uh, Ben Affleck walks in. He's like, "I need your help. I can't tell you what it is. Never ask me about it later. And we gotta hurt some people." Like, the guy goes, "Are we taking your car, or mine? Yeah. Who's driving?" So, so yeah, I got that call and was like, "I'm going Oktoberfest. Let's do it." So yeah, he jumped <laughs> so on a plane and uh, yeah, I mean, we probably the coolest part is uh, I decided to go down and the place we stay at is the uh, German hub, like the German like central hub for the Big Green Egg barbecue, so they cook all their meat on the Big Green Egg. Those of you guys know I have a Big Green Egg, and big fan of it, so all of a sudden you walk in and I'm like, oh my god, it's Big Green Egg. So three years ago, so we always stay at this place. On the little like chalkboard they have for their special, American Tomahawk Steak. <laughs> That's all they said. So it's like, oh, that sounds delicious, so I'm going to have that, and, and Tex is like, oh yeah, I'll have that too. Not realizing there was really nothing else. They bring out Seriously, something that you remember in the uh, Flintstone cartoon? Yeah. When they like throw like the big thing of rack and like the, the, the car tips over? That's what they brought to us. We were like, Mother of God. And uh, sat down and crushed this thing. And, was it pretty uh, good? Oh, it was unbelievable. Was it, on, was it on par with Kobe Tomahawks? Nothing is on par with Kobe fucking well, that Tomahawks. Because that whole experience was amazing. Yeah. Remember, you guys looked at me and I was like, Order the Kobe fucking Tomahawks. <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. So we went over the next day to the gym. Had a uh, great experience. Had a really, really interesting cast of characters. We had one dude that had this like crazy-ass mustache that was Brazilian, but he lived in uh, Italy. And was actually a really solid mover. And then we, we uh, ran into Nono, who's one of our coaches, or uh, uh, one of the, uh, the coaches for Box Singular in Madrid. And that was his second time coming. It was great because I seen it. I had met him two years ago at our first one in Nuremberg, and he was kind of a tall, kind of skinny, kind of gangly looking dude. And then all of a sudden, I like see him raise his hand. He's like, "No, no." I like looked at him and I was like, "Holy shit!" He put on easily twenty kilos, and his girl was there, and dude, she had traps coming out of her ears, and they've been CrossFit football faithful since that seminar, and uh, it was pretty impressive to see um, the gains that they've made. So I was uh, I was pretty excited to have somebody there that's been doing the program and really had some great stuff for us. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there was a there's a few other field strongers in the crowd, so we uh, 
you're able to teach the warm-ups just more effectively. There's not really slow pace. It's great. Yeah, no, it was uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It, it's always great to have somebody kind of roll up on the field strong stuff. There's like we need like a secret handshake. It should be like like the two fingers, like the bullhorns, with like a finger or something. So we were trying to come up with a secret handshake for field strong. But uh, yeah, and then it was kind of cool. Uh, a couple guys grabbed me and they asked about the banded walks and some of the movements and what I was really going for. And I kind of coached them up on some of the movements, which was even more confusing to other people that weren't field stronger. So they're like, "What is this? What are you guys doing?" And so we talked a little bit about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of the guys said he reads the narrative, and he's like, "I feel like you're speaking to me. I may, I feel like I may let you down." Yeah, yeah. He said uh, he goes, "I have to do the training every day because when I read the narrative, I feel that if I miss the training, I'm going to let you down, and you're going to be upset at me." And I was like, "I will be. Don't ever miss the fucking training." Just say I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, boy! You just so sound like Mel Hinsman right there. You just channeled Mel. I know. Uh, it's weird. It's like you had a pearl necklace on all of a sudden. Well, ever since I turned thirty. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, she's wearing epaulets with a tank top. <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, went down to the downtown part of Nuremberg and got to see, like, behind, like, the city wall where, um, you know, it was originally a Roman town. So Have they you still... ever been to Germany during the holidays? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, That's we when there. I want to go. So, uh, like, never during Christmas. But we went, I think, last year in November, was that it? Or two years ago in November. Mm-hmm. These guys went in October. And then, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty good adventure. And, and it was, But it was just great to see that many people. We had a pretty good turnout. And it was great. We had people from... Uh, two field strongers from Switzerland, and we had people from Spain, Italy, Switzerland, uh, the Netherlands, Germany. Um, we even had one guy come from Thailand. So, uh, yeah, Ma Cheng, or across him, uh, Cheng Mao, and uh, he's a, uh, an expat uh, rugby player, professional rugby player who's coaching over there, and so he came over to get some more stuff. He was pretty great. We had a great conversation. So for the most part, it was pretty exciting, and the hosts were awesome as usual. And Were you crushing that? Reebok or the CrossFit Nuremberg coffee? Yes, dude, that coffee machine's amazing. Uh, the only problem was, and um, I don't know, you know, you guys listening that are in the United States. I mean, the one thing you don't do in the U.S. is serve somebody undercooked pork. Yeah. But in Germany, like pork is like served medium rare. Yeah. So I was telling Luke that um, for lunch, we they brought us this big like pork belly, and it looked like bacon. And as I'm cutting into it, I'm like, man, this stuff's still pink. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. He goes, only Americans are worried about undercooked pork. And I was like, mm. Well, I can see, like, pork loin being a little on the ground. No, it was, it was pork belly. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I have that with, like, a massive thing of sauerkraut. And I don't know if you guys know much about sauerkraut. but He's uh, like, the real, sauerkraut will kill anything. That's real pork. sauerkraut is uh, fermented. I mean, that's why it's sour. So it's, uh, you know, has some, you know, natural probiotic. And yeah. it's pretty good for gut biota. But uh, mixing a little raw pork with sauerkraut and uh, a bunch of that strong coffee, Really expedites. Yeah, let me tell you, it'll cause some problems. Like, at one point, I was like, I feel like I got knifed in the stomach, and I was, like, just sitting down during the programming talk, and then I was like, and Tex will be coming right in to talk about the rest of this. He always looks at me as I sprinted out, you know. It was, uh, I was like, man, raw pork? And the guy's like, oh, only Americans have problems with raw pork. I'm like, I think everybody has a problem with raw pork. Is it just me? That's so cool that you had so many international attendees. I always think it's, like, it's so neat. Um, it makes the world feel a lot smaller when you have, like, people from all those different backgrounds coming like internationally to like a central location like that it makes me feel like when we go to and we do something cool or or the other better part is when they've read and listened to all the podcasts read every single talk to me johnny and will ask me 
like ultra specific like we are way bigger like overseas than we yeah, are yeah yeah like it was cool like people were like when you wrote this and I was like oh my god I wrote we're that huge like four years ago <laughs> yeah we, we sell a lot of shirts in Ghana so no it was great but uh, you know uh, I think it just goes to show we got a pretty good international poll and hopefully in 2015 we can get out there and go visit more people and yeah and go out and do it a little bit strictly international tour yeah I, I love it we're not even coming back to the U S. <laughs> Italian uh, yeah. techs are not going to have permanent residence in the states. You'll just be fine with me. Going all, uh, all 15 countries that we're going to hit. Yeah. From month to month. Who's driving the van? Well, you're backpacking. You're hitchhiking. <laughs> um, it's going to be good the, thing. You got a small purse. Uh, small laptop. It's tiny, tiny electronics. Yeah. <clears throat> so, John, are you getting any um, positive feedback regarding the cat cycle in in Field Strong? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, what was cool was the guys that were there when we went to do the back squat work and we, we had them working up to a heavy triple, you could see the guys that were in field strong that were doing the cats. So as I was walking around, uh, you know, obviously just fixing bar position and, you know, stance. And, you know, it's always great when we go in and we, go, we talk about our movement, like, hey, this is how I want you to squat. This is why I want you to squat this way and how it translates. And then, of course, people, you know, get a little bit with their ego. Well, hey, this is how I've been doing. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, dude. You can do anything you want, but here's the deal. I need you to lie to me. Pretend that we're at a bar and you're trying to take me home and you're going to say whatever you have to do to make it happen. That's what I want from you. And this dude kind of looked at me all strange. I'm like, I'm kidding. Just do what I fucking want. And then, and then once you leave, if you don't like it, you can go back to what you want. And okay, uh, it, it, it was killer because the guys that were doing field strong, I was watching them. You know, It was cool to coach them up and be like, hey, I need a little more speed out of the bottom. I want you to really speed up that transition, and I want you to vertical jump that thing once the mechanical advantage increases. And it was great to watch the guys that have been doing field strong, uh, working on really accelerating the bar because – even though you know when I get up and I talk about the, the back squat, I always talk about compensatory acceleration, doctor, you know, doctor squat, the idea, mechanical advantage. We go through the whole deal, but like it never sinks in. And then when we watch the people that haven't been in field strong, that are doing more across the football, you know, they drive out of the bottom and then they, you know, they kind of coast to the top. Whereas the field strongers were working on accelerating the bar. So uh, I don't know how to like really get that across without really, you know, kind of pushing it out there. But, um, you know, it was cool to see those guys. Um, we are finishing, actually, we're just starting our third cycle of prioritizing the cat stuff. And I threw in the heavy walkouts on Monday because uh, after this uh, squat cycle, we are going to test our 1RMs again. And I'm excited to see where people are, I think, by really focusing and prioritizing speed and then, you know, giving a little bit of overload with the walkouts and you know, doing some stuff. We're also going to add some reps. I found a kind of an interesting deal before I left, where I was squatting my singles, and for every rep I added, I actually got faster. So reps six and seven were faster than four and five. So we're going to add some reps to those singles, and I'm going to add a rep to or a set to uh, the triples next week. So, um, and then we're going to back it off, and we're going to see what happens when everybody does some more RMs. And I, I. Uh, I have an expectation of what's going to happen. Now, whether or not that happens, I don't know. But um, based on the programming, we're going to find out and see if really prioritizing the speed. I mean, Luke and I had a great conversation today. Um, uh, Ashley Pataki, uh, who's Luke's girlfriend, has been on the linear progression and really fighting her way in CrossFit football and has made some phenomenal gains for the last year or so. And he brought her in and put her on the Tendo, and uh, she was... It's like 40, 45% of her recent, or her last 1RM, which would be the last total. So, and, and she's still linear progressed. She's gone through another reset, and I can't remember what her 3x5 is, but 
Uh, it was like 40% of her last 1RM, and she couldn't break uh, 0.7 on the 10 depth. Yeah, I mean, so our, our really our gold standard is 0.8 meters per second, and, and the range we really look for is like 0.7 to 0.9, you know, as long as you're in that, you know, better than 0.7. And what was, uh, like Luke and I, for example, pulled the deadlifts today, and uh, it doesn't matter if it's 405 or 535 or whatever the hell I pulled last week. Like, I was stuck right at that, like, 0 0.5, 0 0.6. I think the fastest I had was 0 0.9, 0.7. But on the squat stuff, I mean... I, uh, as I did the singles last week, um, every rep kept getting faster, so it makes me realize that you know neurologically we got to either prep everybody better or we just got to give people enough attempts for them to start learning that speed. The other big thing, too, on the cat stuff is making sure that you're resting enough in between sets. Luke and I did a Monday, Tuesday, and then we did Thursday on Wednesday, so we only had you know 48 hours instead of our 72 hours. And no matter how long we rested, we couldn't get the speed up. So, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, letting the CNS rest and, you know, giving yourself enough time in between sets. Because, you know, ideally we're, we're looking for speed, but the problem becomes that unless you have a Tendo unit, it's, you know, like we, we joke around all the time. Like we won't... Perceived. Like, perceived, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not looking at the Tendo, but I'll watch him. I'll be like 0.67. He'll be like 0.73. I'll be like, ooh. And then I'll be like, okay, that one's a 0.7. He's like 0.58. I'm like, damn. So we try to actually guess so that we can, you know, start to do it. But So back to Ash, though, because I think that that's probably symbolic of a lot of people's problems. I mean, do you think that she's slow because she's been grinding so yes. long in the linear progression? So now, but well, she's got well, uh, let she me has take, room still to get even stronger. Sure. So what do you? So, so it's like, here, where do you? There has to be a, a balance, and, and I, I found this out myself, and I think I've told the story before, but. Um, Probably four four years ago, uh, Rip sent me over this advanced template he wanted me to try, and he wanted to know if an advanced athlete could actually squeeze more out of the linear progression. So he had me linear progress that five by five. And you guys have heard <laughs> us talk about this on the on the podcast more than a few times. Um, but that's I, it. If they haven't. Okay. Yeah, so the story was, I end up starting at four, I think like four thirty five, and I end up linear progressing it, adding you know five pounds to the squat every time I go up, and uh, I ended up at like. You know, started low, tried to give myself a big run. I think I ended up at like 5.05 for a set of five. And it, I had to rest like 10 to 12 minutes in between sets because the weight just literally just got so heavy. And each rep was like a limit rep, and like each set was like a limit set. Like I had to talk myself into it. And, oh, my uh, God, that sounds awful. It was ugly. It took me over an hour to squat five one day. Five. Yeah, at least. It was 25 reps at 5.05. Five five. And you know what? Like that shouldn't have been heavy. So all of a sudden I get done with the program and based on that five sets of five at, you know, 505, I should have been good for in the mid sixes, you know, probably based if you look at the progression. It's like when I did the 20 RM at 405, I should have been good for like six or 700 and it didn't work that way. But I came back in, I squatted my singles and I was barely, barely eking out 600 pounds on those singles. Mm -hmm. And uh, just about that time I got a phone call just, you know, fortuitously, just, you know, basically just on, uh, you know, on luck, Louis Simmons called me about helping him and sitting on the board for his seminar series. So we started kind of talking, <clears throat> and he asked me what I was doing for my training, and I told him, and he, you know, he comes up, and he's like, you know what, that's, uh, you know, five by five, you're basically doing 2,500 pounds per set, and he, he looked at the tonnage times five, you're doing, what's that, 2,500 times five would be 12,000. 1200 or sorry 12,500 ton or uh, pounds per squat workout he's like that's more than the guys that are a thousand pound squatter 
So he's like, I think what you got to do is, um, you know, you either got to cut your tonnage or you got to do this. And so then I ended up going out to Westside shortly after. And the one thing that Louis really observed was uh, he's like, dude, you're pretty strong, but he's like, your inability to move the bar fast is hindering your speed. And he was like, I want you to do some dynamic work. You know, I want you to do singles. And we kind of went through a lot of some of the West Side stuff. And then I came back and uh, started doing some dynamic work. We started working on some, you know, taking out the stretch shortening cycle with the box squats and, you know, sort of using some accommodating resistance in this. And then next thing you know, I think it was like 9, 10, 12 weeks later, my, you know, I ended up squatting. I think it was in, the, you know, high sevens, low eights, uh, pretty easy. So it was something where... I think the the weight, like my strength, it got to a point, but the inability to generate force and drive against that bar just slowed down. And I think going back and doing some speed work really helped. So, uh, you know, the problem becomes how far do you push? And I think what we see is when people come out of that linear progression, they've maxed out their strength. And I think then adding in, and as I'm kind of going back and really looking at this whole kind of you know template on a, you know, on a grand scheme of stuff in terms of an, an entire year or a multi-year or this. I mean, there's got to be a cycling between... There has to be pushing, a cycling between the two, yeah. Pushing the rep maxes, mm -hmm. really driving that, like, you know, pushing the envelope, and then, and then once I drive it, yeah. and then cutting Backing it back, down. and then kind of cycling it. Yeah. And that's really what I've, I've, I've found out. So, yeah. But I, I think that somebody coming out of a linear progression, if you don't maximize that linear progression, you've totally lost that adaptation. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's easier for us to get people faster, but in terms of that linear progression, I think it's so... Yeah, valuable. you got to write it out. Yeah, you got to write it out. And another thing, I mean, in terms of implementing that that linear progression and where it's found its its roots in CrossFit football, the assumption there, too, is that you're, you're kind of doing athletic stuff outside of your training. And one thing, you know, Ash doesn't do a lot of sprinting unless it's called for in the programming. Yeah. And uh, even at that there may be some slight modifications at Balboa just to uh, accommodate for space size or space time and anything like that. So, Well, what sucks too, and, and this is where I get kind of stuck a little bit, is in terms of hits and feedback, if I were to program like, hey, we're going to squat today, we're going to go out and run, you're going to jump a little bit, and you're going to give me like, you know, you know, 1040s max effort, we're going to sprint, do this, I'll get like four people will do it, yeah. but yet if I have like some barn burner kind of deal, so it's like almost like sometimes, uh, you know, you got to program a little bit for what the masses want, which is what we do across the football, whereas in field strong, fuck you. Yeah. This is what I want. If you're paying it, this I'm giving you my best because I know where to take this thing. You know, with the CrossFit football, we get the cafeteria CrossFitter that kind of jumps in and out, and I want to do this, and I'm hybriding this. But with Field Strong, it's like people are in or out, and that's what I love about the Field Strong program, especially running into people at the seminar that are Field Strongers because yeah. they, they, like, give you the head nod, and they're like, Field Strong. Yeah, there's no question whether people are into it or not because when they're not, we'll, they'll, they'll cancel. I mean, yeah. it's few and far between, but when people are not into it, and that's good because it's like the time and effort that it takes to program that is just... You know, it's it's not going to be worth their while and worth your while if it's just like half-assed. So it's pretty awesome, but uh, yeah, for the most part, we had a great experience. Uh, I definitely think that the German food is uh, leaving a little bit lacking. I mean, the fact that they eat pork at every meal just—I mean, I, I like pork as much as everybody, but like, <laughs> I can't eat that much pork. <laughs> so, as, as much as the next guy. Yeah, no, it's the Germans. They love the pork, so they eat pork like we eat beef. Yeah. So. But uh, everybody was great, man. The one, uh, the one thing though that's uh, a little strange with Germany, it's extremely overcast. I mean, I think we had like one kind of moderately sunny day. I don't know if I could live in the overcast that much. But uh, everybody was super friendly and was great, other than the nightmare plane ride I had home.
How nightmare? Like the one I told you about on Virgin? Uh, I had a 6.45 a.m. flight, so I got up. Oh, yeah, this is uh, hung hunger-related. Well, I no, I, I got up at like 5.45, called a taxi, got the taxi there, got to the airport, you know, an hour and a half ahead of time, only to find out that they had canceled my flight because there was a strike in Paris at, at, at uh, what is it? Uh, De Gaulle. Yeah, De Gaulle. And uh, they rerouted me through Frankfurt on the Fonza, where I have zero status. And like they're like, here's your ticket. And I'm like, oh. And I was on that like last seat by the bathroom. And there was a, a, probably 250 people over the age of 70 on the plane that must have had bladders like the size of my daughter's because literally it was like a sea of old people. And they were literally just like hitting me every time in the shoulder. I had this old guy who was sitting across the aisle for me that kept fucking up his seatbelt. He kept standing up and bending over, and then his ass would hit me in the Love face. It. Love and I'm like, it. I'm like ready to sock this old man right in his butt cheek, but I'm oh like, he's God. old. He doesn't know. You know, like they just. But uh, it no was literally a marathon. Oh, it was like a marathon of uh, of elderly people just sprinting up and down. Like I don't know, like what that drug is that controls the bladder, but they needed to get that. Doesn't that just make you feel so alive? You're just like. Oh, I, I couldn't get up. Just and, basking in your youth. And then uh, I got home. Uh, oh, and then, then I had a great Uber ride by a dude who was uh, driving 45 to 52 miles an hour on the 405. And those of you guys listening that are from Southern California, uh, there's two things you don't do on the 405. You don't use blinkers because the minute you put on a blinker and you don't drive under 70 because you'll get, like, people go crazy. And uh, the dude did they'll both shoot of those. You. Yeah, they'll fucking <laughs> shoot you or they'll try to run you off. A dude in a truck literally went over and tried to put him into the wall as he cut him off, and the guy started screaming. I'm like, dude, you're driving 52 miles an hour on the 405. I'm going to die here. So we had that. We are going to die. <laughs> I'd say to like, punch him in the face and just take the car, but it's a Prius. So the, the best is, like, I call the Uber guy, and he pulls up in a Prius. I'm like, I'm going to die in a fucking Prius. <laughs> this, is, well, this is my fate. And that, it's about the size of your coffin would be. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. just my great, I'm going to do. You know, the other problem is, is I'm in the front seat. My knees are up so high that, like, if the car we got rear-ended, they would have broken my shoes. If fever goes straight through yeah. your torso, it would have like... fucking killed me. So Amazing. I had that, but uh, other than that, how was the trip? <laughs> it was a great trip. Uh, other than that, fucking airplane ride. Tex, how was your flight home? Uh, flight home, it was uh, it was rushed. So I mean, it was a last-minute flight. So I was sitting in the middle the whole way, and then I almost I was the last. I was literally sprinting to a gate. I don't know what the airport is like in London, but you got to take a freaking bus. To get off the plane, you got to take a bus to get on the plane. So it was it was just sprinting across all this airport, and then I had to land in BWI because I couldn't get a DC. So that's a that's about a two hour bus ah, that tacked on to it. Uh, but I mean, trip trip was a great time. It was worth it. Yeah, that's yeah. And at the end of the day, like once you, it reminds me of. One time, me and my friend Bo Colombo went on a road. My first road trip, we drove down to Texas for a weekend, and he's like, "All you got to do is pretend like you're never gonna make it. You're just gonna be driving forever. And once you accept that fate, you'll that's be there it. in no time." And that's kind of the way I, I take the international trips or any trip. Like you never know because just accept that you'll like, this is gonna be a multi-day endeavor, and then you just yeah. kind of you're makes pleasantly it much more surprised. Yeah. yeah. So it was 13 hours uh, from Frankfurt to LA. And I remember I watched two movies, like the only two movies I wanted to watch, which were like RoboCop and Blended. 
with Adam Sandler, which was a terrible movie. Yeah, you might have so, that to yourself. Yeah, I, I, I watched it. It was RoboCop, which I was so excited about. I, I forgot. The original. Yeah, the original. The, yeah, I was like, going to ask you, was it the new one or the... Oh, no, 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 no. I would never watch the new yeah, one. Yeah, but the guy from that... The new one's show. not bad, dude. The new one's uh, well, not yeah, bad. Well, yeah, as Luke said, so the bad guy is the yeah, is red from that dad. 70s show so the whole time you're watching you're like this is so weird robocop yeah ass <laughs> <laughs> dumbass <laughs> so uh i'm watching robocop which i was excited and then i'd like there's an adam sandler movie i'm like oh, okay he's usually pretty good and i watch it completely <laughs> terrible and i look at my watch thinking oh yeah like i should be halfway there and it was still like eight hours and 50 minutes till oh, i landed my God. so i watched two <laughs> movies and I, I was rashing myself on my uh, Well Food Co. MRE, and I, I still had eight hours and 50 minutes. And at that point, I remember being like, I just hope the plane crashes. Oh, man. And then the old man whose butt just kept hitting me in the face. <laughs> so I got that going for me. Sounds like a good time. I'm sorry I missed that, guys. Yeah, rock and roll. Uh, so, so, Luke, what happened to you this weekend? You missed, you missed an epic adventure. What'd you make up uh, for? Let's see, what did I do? I, I literally just pouted all fucking day Thursday. Are you, are you asking him because you know what he did? No, Luke legitimately pouted. Like, That's he was like, like when you saw those, uh, tom, those, those uh, ribeyes, those tomahawks, were you like, oh, God. That's yeah, I didn't... That's I didn't say fuck it. you guys because that's what I wanted to say on all <laughs> social media platforms. There's a there's a brand new TV screen. Oh, let's get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, Luke apparently did some retail therapy. So Thursday just pouted. Uh, I was a terrible companion to my girlfriend. Just like, oh, I want to cook dinner tonight. Like I just like a fucking <laughs> child. But because I had spent like two hours with the fucking cops putting in this police report, I had like. I'm not a fucking detective, but God, I mean, everything was caught on camera at the gas station. Just like that, tap into the satellites, zoom in on the vehicle. Let's go find this fucking. So guy. I, I, it's I'm not, not that complicated. I'm only going to interject for two seconds. I listened to a podcast where someone <laughs> actually did hunt down the person who stole their stuff and confronted them from an, at a Domino's. The person stole their identity, identity, and this was like a two month thing. I'll send you the podcast. Hey, you get inspired. How did it end? Uh, great. <laughs> they killed him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Three <laughs> dominoes for life. Uh, I always wonder that. Anyway, like, sorry to interrupt. Like, what happens like if you catch the person that wronged you? Could you like, you know, is it like, hey, uh, you fucking wronged me, and now I'm gonna like fucking drive you out to the desert or something? Vigilante justice. Vigilante justice. That's what I was seeking. Anyways, it was just frustrating because you see everything fucking go down, and like, uh, anyways. Uh, so then uh, Friday woke up, trained a little bit. And then, uh, I don't Saturday, I think, just did, like, yard work and chores. It was good. Actually, to be honest with you, I slept quite a bit this weekend where I know if I traveled, there'd be, like, no sleep and the travel flu and everything going on. So it's nice to kind of just recharge the batteries a little bit. But let's just get to the – let's cut to brass tacks, okay? Watched some football Sunday. Went to a little pub down the street from me that used to be called Bikini Bar. Now – by that you mean name, on, uh, on, yeah, on, right on, on Newport yeah. Boulevard? Yeah. yeah, so now it's, it's rebranded, new ownership, Turner's Pub 33, okay? But do they still have chicks and bikinis? Of course, Oh, okay. which is nice. So, so we they have rebranded it. Walk in there, and the first thing you see is... It's Kelly Hinsman. Working. Kelly's working. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, can you just leave me alone? And I'm like, I thought it was a bikini bar. She's in a one-piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One piece with, with Reebok. On. Yeah, Listen, one piece I'm, with Reebok shorts on. I'm a modest. I'm a modest lady. 
So uh, so then Kelly gets fired, and then uh, it's uh, there's a big sign that says TV giveaway, and I, I go right up to the bartender. I'm like, hey, what's with the TV giveaway? And we're there for the the evening game, the 5:30 game, right? Was that on Sunday? But um, was that the Broncos game? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they said after the Broncos game, we're going to do a drawing for a TV. I'm like, well, how do you how do you get enter the drawing? She's like, well, if you buy Jello shots, you get a raffle ticket. And I'm like, okay. So I just kind of look around, and there's like nine people in the freaking bar. And I rolled in with nine people because the buddy of ours friend was trying to get a job there. And the owner's like, well, let's see what kind of network you have. Bring some friends in. So we all kind of just rallied up and rode our bikes down there. And uh, I was a little worried because I do not like getting canned on Sundays. But uh, the jello shots were super, super weak. And we ordered like 25 of them. And, uh, and sure enough, they go through like. 10 spin-the-wheel raffles where you win, like, a fucking koozie, and the, fi- the, grand- the final drawing goes, and I fucking won the TV. So it was a 32-inch flat-screen LCD JVC display that I plugged in and Question- used my Questionable monitor. clarity. Yeah. What? This is so clear? I, I, I think it was really nice. Kelly, okay. I can see into your soul. <laughs> well, I, I just like that it's a little now, bit though. smaller than my TV. Yeah, well, I didn't want to outdo you. Yeah, well, thank you. You appreciate that. It's in our contract. Yeah, so, so, I need to do it, Luke. I knew I could do it. And uh, so the, the karma, I guess, there's an example of karma. Hopefully they fucking find this guy and that stole my shit and uh, vigilante justice can, can ensue. go down. Yeah. But uh, I think Eddie, did you just join up? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Beautiful. Our man Eddie jumped on. Eddie the, is Luke. You got John, Callie, Tex, and Denny, who you met yesterday, are on the line. So, uh, But thanks, thanks for joining us, man. I know you're a little late, but I'm glad to have you on. Sorry about that. Uh, I had to uh, watch girls shake their boobies. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> acceptable. I've been. That's I've, a pretty good excuse, I've been, man. I've been hosting Playboy TV, and uh, it's been. I was hard. gonna say YouTube videos don't count, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Hosting uh, by Playboy TV, you actually mean like uh, Playboy TV, or like you know you hiding in your closet with uh, you know pretending your mom doesn't kick in the door. Uh, well, my wife is the one that forces me to do it because it pays a lot, and uh, she's like, you get there and make those girls shake their titties. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's Playboy's morning show on the uh, on Playboy TV. I don't know who has it, who watches it. I don't. They say there's 850 million subscribers, and I put a tweet out today saying, hey, if you're watching me, uh, uh, tell me, and no one responded. So... <laughs> I don't. It's, it's, that's a little early for boob. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people to get up first thing in the morning, 7 o'clock, throw on Playboy TV, watch Eddie if. I mean, you maybe know, go to work, maybe not. May, maybe not. Sit there, try to, try to weasel the belt off your neck. I think that might be the problem with their model. Like, people go to Playboy TV and then they turn it on and they see me. That <laughs> be the lack of uh, listeners. Well, I mean, you know, maybe they're trying to make it funny. I mean, obviously, I would hope you're a little funnier than some of the girls. Uh, no, they're actually really funny, but I'm not allowed to make fun of them for the way they're funny. <laughs> so then what do you do? I sit there and uh, just don't say anything. I can't be myself. <laughs> so they're, like, unintentionally funny. They're they're hysterical. Probably the I, I secretly record their conversations because yes. the funniest conversations I've ever heard. Um about like like I hope they don't make me take my panties off because you know my little friend came this month. Okay. 
that's 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 what my conversations consist of. On a, on a, so I, I I'm getting yeah I'm putting that belt around my neck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Did you get to meet Huff? No, I I've been to the mansion before though, but uh, I've ne I've never seen him. I think they they prop him up. I think he's dead. It's kind of like a taxidermy. <laughs> right. Uh, well, no, no. I, so so uh, in my other life, I was a professional athlete and got to do much cooler stuff than uh, talking on podcasts. And what? we used to go to the Playboy Mansion for movie night, and I actually met Hef. Uh, the only weird one was he was totally petrified to shake my hand and wouldn't shake hands because he thought I was going to, like, fucking snap his hand off. And well, I'm like, he has well, he, well, no, he's he's old. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's fucking, like, like, he went to high school with Jesus. I mean, I think Moses was his fucking student <laughs> counselor. Like, he's fucking old. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, he's fucking old. And um, was he, it was, was kind of weird. Was he wearing the, uh, the freaking silk robe, smoking a pipe? Well, he, he rocks a silk robe. I mean, it's kind of like, I, I just thought it's like once you hit over the age of 80, you just rock jammies all the time. So <laughs> it's not like he's just rolling jammies. 80. And, uh, yeah, he, I, well, I think now he's, what, like 90-something? So he was in his 80s when I met him. Yeah. What's a slipper situation? Uh, I'm trying to remember if he was rocking slippers. I don't know. I was just too busy staring at the girls, but I definitely remember him in like kind of silk PJs, and I was like, "Oh, look, your grand, your great great grandfather's in his jammies." I think he died twenty years ago. You can Bernie's. I no, totally. That's just a doll. They stuffed him. You, you, that's why he couldn't shake your hand. Yeah. I, well, I mean, how, how great would it be if I go to shake it and fucking come in there for the deal and just snapped him at the wrist, and he's like, "Ah," oh, like arm comes off, and they're like. No! And all of a sudden, like, the lights come on, like, like fucking movie movie magic guys pop out of the back. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Weekend at Hef's. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a good time there. I mean, they always had, like, nice food. I mean, they were always, like... Yeah, like, I'm sure the food was... Well, I mean, like, you know, like, like, they put out a cool spread. I mean, you know, young chicks, booze, it was a good time. Like, the yeah. landscape was... Yeah, amazing. it was amazing. I mean, like, it sounds like barbecues at your house, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just... Except Bunch of big lumpy dudes. <laughs> yeah, drinking beer and eating barbecue, but no, it was uh, it was a good time. So a lot of tits too, just man tits. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, yeah. I don't think a uh, set of real boobs has been at the mansion since like the '60s, maybe. No, they actually are very anti-fake boobs. Like I, when I was there one day, I probably shouldn't be telling all this stuff, but when I was there one day, then they were bringing the models in. They were like, this one girl came in that it looked like hers were inflated to like 600 PSI or something. And I thought that they were going to explode. Like, I, I thought if somebody, she bumps into something sharp, we're all going to die. And they said afterwards, they're like, she can't come back. We can't have her with those. That's, that's terrible. And uh, they were very critical of that. They liked the, they liked the real ones. Yeah, they, they like, well, what they like is they like the fake ones that look, that could pass for real. That's they right. just don't want the one, they don't want the one where the girl nods off and her, like, chin goes down and she can use them like an airport, or like an airplane pillow. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah, because there were a lot of them, but not that many. I was surprised. I was surprised a lot more than that. But these girls, I don't know, I don't want to get into it. I'll get in trouble. Nice. Well, let's talk about something good. So, uh, Eddie, how did you get involved in this CrossFit thing? How did you get in, like, through training and uh, working with uh, with Armin and Scott and those guys? Uh, well, I, well, funny enough, uh, I'm the one that started the Wadcast podcast. I, uh, I've i been doing CrossFit for, I don't know, about six years or something now, maybe five, six years. And uh, I was introduced to it uh, 
years ago through like the Navy SEAL website. Uh, and it wasn't SEAL fit, it was um, pretty much like I dug around on the internet or even before the internet, pre-internet, and was trying to find out, work out. What do you mean? I don't get it. But, was uh, it like Jim Jones kind of deal? No, do you know LexisNexis? <laughs> oh, you Ulta Vista did. Yeah. <laughs> before the internet was the internet, I was on the internet. Uh, so you were on message boards then? No, even before message boards. There used to or be bulletin boards. Legal students called LexisNexis, and it was basically pre- Internet where you can look up uh, magazines and uh, articles like uh, any any articles that were written that would be in a library you could kind of find through this database on the on on the on your computer and my sister had it because she was in law school and I would go up and dig up all this, try to find all this shit on Navy SEAL workouts because I was like those guys look like they're in good shape and uh, I had run track in college and when I got out of college I was trying to stay in shape. And uh, so I found this, these weird, crazy Navy SEAL workouts, and it led me kind of down the road to SEAL Fit, and I started doing SEAL Fit. Whenever they wouldn't post a workout on SEAL Fit, they would say, go to CrossFit main site. And so forever I ignored that. I was like, oh, it looks like a day off for me. And uh, then I saw CrossFit main site, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And uh, started doing it on my own horribly. And one day, Kenny Kane, who you know, John, yeah. uh, was opening for me on the road in Indiana. And uh, I was going out and doing these weird workouts, and Kenny was like, you need to stop. <laughs> He's like, we need to get you into the gym. And I said, what? He's like, there's gyms for this. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, there's CrossFit gyms. He's like, I'll take you to one. And so he took me to this little, uh, this little place, and uh, you know, I've been going ever since. Wow. You find it's hard traveling for work and uh, still getting training in? Yeah, it's almost impossible. But it's I used to drink a lot, and uh, so I might I would go do a comedy show, just get shit faced, wake up in the afternoon, get some food, and start drinking and do my show again. So now I uh, before I go, I don't drink and don't party much anymore. So I'll go. Oh, I gotta find my gym. I gotta find the Whole Foods in the town. I gotta rent a car so I can get to the gym. Or I put it out sometimes on the podcast. I'll go. Oh, I'm gonna be in Kansas City. If you got a CrossFit gym, I want to come by, and they'll sometimes pick me up or come to my show. So it's it. That's been really great. With like, you know, I'm not one of those community guys. I'm not a very community oriented guy. But uh, they've been really good about that. Where where people go, hey, we'll bring it to our gym or. Come by our gym, or we we'll pick you up, and so I just make sure you know I don't do anything during the day when I'm on the road. I'm stuck, so it's like I can sit in the hotel room or go to the gym. So, do you, do you find like when people pick you up, they like expect you to be funny? Yeah, and it's horrible. So, so <laughs> when I played in uh, in Kansas City, Paul Rudd it was a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. He used to come to the games, and uh, the bunch of the guys knew him, and he used to hang out and drink beers with us and in the parking gone. lot. And, I mean, the brother from Clueless is how I always remembered him. Everybody else wanted to remember him as, uh, you know, from Anchorman. But I was like, no, this is the brother from Clueless. <laughs> so uh, we would sit around and drink beers, and guys would, like, expect him to be funny or want to, like, trade lines. And, like, he was kind of nervous at first because he's like, dude, these big guys are going to fucking kill me. I'm going to have to do these Anchorman lines. Okay. And finally I looked at him, and I was like, you don't have to – you're not here to entertain us, and these fuckers aren't funny. And he's 
It's like, thank you. He's like, man, he goes, it's so rough. He goes, but the guy that has it the worst is Will Ferrell. Oh, Wherever yeah. he goes, people like try to smart ass him and want him to be funny, and he just fucking stone faces him. Yeah, and like it's he he's like it, it's like one of those things where he just like smart asses them until they just go away. And do you uh, guys remember that that skit from SNL that uh, uh, Chris Foley used to do, where it was just like Chris Farley, uh, Chris Farley, where he's like, remember, remember when, remember yeah, when? That's what. Seriously, Chris. Chris fucking Bober, who was who played for us, would do that shit, and I'd be looking at, I'd be like, seriously, man, you're fucking. Not only are you making a fool of yourself, <laughs> but you're killing the fucking movie from me because yeah. you're butchering these lines. Go home, memorize them. So awesome. But all, all I ever wanted to hear was, I was like, I don't want you to trade lines. I just want to hear some of the backstory. And the the one I liked was um, their whole deal on Anchorman was they were trying to rewrite the lines to get Will Ferrell to break during character. And so they would go home and like sit with the writers and like secretly go out and then try to just drop new new comedy on them. And they were like, Will Ferrell was never out of out of was they were never able to get him to break. <laughs> and the the whole like 60 percent of the time it works every time. He goes, literally, I came up with that. And the the take that you see in the movie was the very first take. And he looks over, he's like, brilliant. that makes no sense. And he goes, that was our home run deal. So. I was just more excited about that, whereas the dipshits I played with were trying to get him to, like, okay, you be this guy, and I'll be like, oh, you're fucking oh killing me. Oh, my God, me. that's horrendous. But he was a cool cat, and he had a good sense of humor about it. It was probably, like, because there was a bunch of 300-pound offensive linemen that he's like, dude, these guys might fucking kill me. <laughs> so, that sucks. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I, I, it's weird. My wife will tell you, like, she'll say, oh, yeah, he's not funny. Um, because I leave, when I was younger, I was the guy I was always on. And then once I started performing a lot, and it got to the point where when I was in New York, I was doing seven shows a night every, every night. And I remember there was a year where I don't, I don't think I even took off on Christmas night. You know, I did a show every night. And it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm funny on stage, and then I'll let it rest while, I, uh, while I'm off stage. But you get to places where people look at you like, are you going to be funny? And uh, you feel obligated to turn it on and... I had a girl one time at a bar say to me, she goes, I know comedians, and you're not funny. And I oh went, my God. I go, I know a lot of girls, and you're not pretty. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what they want. It's like the... Uh, that's and, what and, they and want. Sure, no, 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 no. It's it, like, I, uh, we, well, one of my favorite things to do, and I haven't been in a long time, was to go to uh, hear stand-up, and I remember going to the Comedy and Magic Club and different things, and my favorite is the guy that's had six or seven drinks who wants to smart-ass the comic. And I'm like, I always fucking, I wait for those guys because I'm like, you realize these guys are professionals and they're used to dealing with drunk Destroy assholes. You. So then they just fucking unleash and, uh, oh my God, dude, we were, I was at one of them and some, you know, drunk asshole wants to start, you know, trying to get into it. And the dude just obliterated to the point where like, I thought the guy was going to jump up on stage, security had to come taking him out. And I'm like, dude, what do you think? You're going to smart ass somebody that does this for a living? But, uh, well, maybe I, I got I got to. I've had guns what? pointed at me. I've been chased off stage. I've had. And it happens. It happens less frequently the longer I've been doing it. But um, I've had some crazy shit, you know, wrestling guys on stage, and uh, I used to threaten guys all the time. But I just tell them now. I'm like, look, you know, if somebody, if I was a black belt in jujitsu and you wanted to fight me, I'd warn you. You know, I'd tell you, hey, you know, I'm about to kick the shit out of you, and I'm trained to do this. It's kind of the same thing with comedy. It's like I'm trained to do this, and I'm going to make you look like an idiot. Are you ready? You sure you want to go? And then <laughs> it's like, all right, here it goes. And they usually, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but if they're ruining the show for other people, uh, then I'm like, you're done. It's time to ruin your life. 
Dude, uh, I was telling these guys a story about when I was trying to leave the CrossFit Games, and I came across you, and you were kind of like wandering, and like I, you know, wasn't sure if you were about to get run down or not. And I see you all of a sudden, your eyes light up because you recognize a friendly face, and I'm like, "What's happening?" And then the uh, the the uh, who is it? The barbell shrug dudes rolled up, and I was like, I was like, "Wadcast podcast, barbell shrug." <laughs> And then the best is out of nowhere, like Eddie just launches into it. I'm like, dude, it's just like you're like at least when you're around me, every time you're like always launching into a bit, and you're like, I know it's it's just old practice, but uh, no, it's pretty funny. So that's why I was like, man, we got to get Eddie on. He's a funny motherfucker. So, so, uh, he's got so some good stuff. The barbell shrug guys, because I don't know. If- I always make fun of their show on our show. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, so there was there was probably a little animosity there. And then I ran into them, and I really didn't know who they were. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to that. I just knew, like, I think we were the first podcast in because I've been doing a podcast talking shit for years, and um, and it's on, it's we've been on iTunes, and we, it's like a big show, like like hundreds of thousands of listeners. And then I started this podcast thing out of like, because I couldn't talk about CrossFit on my podcast. People would have like been like, "You're a douchebag." Yeah. And, uh, so I just never did it, but I wanted to, and I, Kenny and I would always have these phone conversations. So I called Kenny, and I was like, come over, and, and I found Armin on the internet. I thought he was kind of funny, because his post that he was doing as a naked crossfitter. So I was like, yeah, let's do this thing. You know, We'll see how it goes. And people liked it, so we started doing it, and then I saw Barbell Shrug started, and they were very active. And so I just thought, I didn't know who they were or what they did. And they're all, they're all really nice guys. I met them, and they seemed like great guys when I met them. But I just kept making fun of them, like, you know, that other boring... Uh, about CrossFit, and uh, and then when I met them, they're like, "Hey, we're the Barbell Shrug guys," and I was like, "Hey, I feel really shitty right now." <laughs> You're like, "Good thing Wellborn's here, because uh, if this thing gets ugly, you know, he's he, he's my guy." You're like, "Wellborn, you got my back if this goes down." I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry, I got you." Yeah, we have that. We have them on our show. They're super nice. They're I would venture to say that they're uh, probably 25 percent more wholesome than we are. So <laughs> yeah, and way more wholesome than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which makes them roughly 75% more wholesome. Than yeah, them. well, you know, they're birds of the feather, you know, <laughs> that's what Kelly's trying to say. I didn't, uh, I, I, to be honest, I've never really listened to their show, but um, in fact, they, they're super nice guys. They One time, a long time ago, they contacted me and tried to have me uh, do a show at a CrossFit event. They wanted me to come, which I didn't, at the time, I thought it was a bad idea. I was like, I don't want to go do stand-up to, cro- to like, meat-headed CrossFitters. It's not going to work. And they wanted me to come do an event, and then I sent them to my agent. My agent, I guess, like made it impossible. And uh, so uh, I recently did one, though, at CrossFit LA. I did a show in the gym, and I thought, this is going to be a nightmare. And me and Lachlan Patterson, who uh, just finished second in Last Comic Standing, went and did it. And I'm like, this is never going to work. Never. And Lachlan went up and opened for me and crushed it. And I was like, oh, no. Now I'm going to bomb because I know all the inside jokes and everything, and they're just not going to – they're going to be like, oh, he's just one of us. And uh, it ended up going really well, but I, I – you know, because I was able to make fun of Glassman, and uh, easy enough. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what, did, what did you talk about? Uh, I would never put where anybody could record it. Uh, ah! That's good. That's good did, stuff. Did, did you walk around? You're like, oh, you got a cell phone? Well, let me see that. You stomp on it. You're like, oh. Well. <laughs> I made a crack about uh, Glassman, just a joke, at uh, when we were recording the podcast at the games. 
And uh, two of the Kill Cliff guys who were, were like Navy SEALs were like, delete it! Oh my god. And I was like, that was just a joke, my god. God. You're lucky you just didn't get straight. I'm, I'm surprised some, yeah, some Navy SEAL didn't shoot you from like a thousand you. meters away. All of a sudden, it's like you're like sitting there, you're like, and then just like brain clouds. You're like, yep. like you know, grassy knoll style. Yeah, that's come on, like the bullet curved, like in the what was that movie? Wanted. It was a little scary, like that, like you know, like I I get calls from like people at headquarters every once in a while, like just wanting to talk, and I'm like, you guys are watching me, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Is their name Russell? <laughs> uh, he talks to Russell? Herman all the time. Those guys. I, yeah. I wouldn't accept him on Facebook. Yeah. The uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Armin got into a little bit of hot water with the whole naked CrossFitter thing, and and uh, I remember, uh, I think it was two years ago, he he rolls up on me, or maybe it was three years ago at the at the games. He's like, "Hey, do you want to be on our podcast?" And he was like looking around. I'm like, um, "Yeah, sure. Sounds like a good time." And then all of a sudden, I see him bolt, and I see like four security guards chasing him, and I'm like, <laughs> "I was like, you remember that?" Like, see him? He's like literally hands tied behind his back. They were like carrying him out as he was like all mangled. Why? Jean like, shorts. Yeah, yeah. What's that? He's like in jeans. Yeah, yeah, jean shorts. And he had on a cross and shirt because he was banned. We were in the, we were in the sick fit booth at the games, and all of a sudden, these two guys in like. Like two security guards in like black suits walk in with uh, one of Dale Sayers. Dale Saran. Uh, Dale Saran. Armin Amirian in here, and we were like, "Yeah," and he's like, "We need to talk to you, Armin. Could you please step outside?" And Armin goes outside, and then about and Kenny and I are looking at each other, laughing, and all of a sudden, like. Five minutes later, Dale walks in and he goes, Armin will no longer be attending the CrossFit Games. And if, is, uh, if we find him back in on the premises, he will be escorted out. Uh, he's persona non gratis. And we were like, what the fuck? So uh, they took him out and he said, they just said, you know, you're, you, you know, you're not, not allowed to be here. He left. And, you know, I've always tried to stay on the fringe. Like, you know, I just have never wanted to be, like, part of it, because once you're part of it, you can't make fun of it, so, um, you know, I enjoy CrossFit, I like doing it, uh, except for my injuries, but I always like to stay on the fringe of it, too, so that I, you know, can can keep an honest, honest look and be as cynical as I am, but one day I think they're going to put a bullet in my head. No. So uh, <laughs> let's go back to these injuries. He's bringing balance. So what? Yeah, you you gotta have. I mean, it, it's like in anything. Like you gotta have somebody out there that's like you know, kind of like not taking it too seriously. Because I mean, we travel er almost every single weekend all over the world to go, you know, teach this stuff, and we are on the ground. And uh, like I, you know, for our nutrition gig, uh, we go through it. You know, this is what you do, and we always end it with like. And the final rule of this thing is golden rule: don't be weird. <laughs> and it's like this whole deal, and I get into it, and like everybody looks, and they kind of like real pause. They think it's going to be something like really yeah. nutrition related. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, and, just and don't be fucking weirdo. And, and then it's it, it's kind of a pivotal point. Like you know, at the end of the day, don't be weird. If you feel yourself getting weird, <laughs> take a large step back and then reevaluate. If you find yourself, 
you know, strategically counting out your almonds every day before you go, or, you know, I have, you know, the, Not I got to have wedding this. cake on your wedding. Yeah, it's your like, wedding. or, you know, like you go out and like your buddy sits down, you haven't seen in 10 years, like, hey, it's good a beer. And you're like, yeah, I can't get a beer. I'm in the middle of this uh, seven month paleo challenge. And, uh, you know, like, just like, I'm like, don't be weird. If you guys, you know, uh, I'll, you know, if you guys want to have some beers, if you want to go out, you want to have a, a taco, don't tell me that corn is uh, not paleo because, uh, you know, a guaranteed caveman would have eaten tacos because like tacos. Amazing. Yeah, because tacos are fucking great. So, yeah. uh, like, I go through this whole thing about don't be weird, and it's amazing to see people because they're, like, so into it. As soon as you say it, they, like, sit back, and you can see this, like, light go on, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, life's about balance. You know, like if you find yourself going down that dark road, pull yourself back or tell somebody, I'm going down the dark road and pull me back because I'm going to need some help. I'm going too far down the rabbit hole. I always tell people, they go, are you paleo? I go, about 80%, you know. I have fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to yeah. turn down, you know, really good food sometime. I'm not going to be the guy at the table that's suffering. I'm going to, you know, have some fun. So I try to, like, keep all healthy food in my house and stuff, but... You know, every once in a while, I go out for dinner and I have a good time, and and I drink a beer, you know, when I want one, and I, I never really hold back, or you know, I'm just kind of smart about it. And like, I've we just built a new house, and uh, it's it's been like a crazy, crazy month, and I've I kind of been bad to my diet and bad to my exercise for the month, and I'm like I'm not beating myself up over it. I'm just like, all right, I got to get back into it once. Well, I mean, you, you also have to know your audience a little bit. I mean, I was in Germany a couple of days ago, and if I get up in front of a room full of Europeans and Germans and start telling them that, you know, eating bread and, uh, you know, is the devil, and, like, I'm there during Oktoberfest and me being like, yeah, you know, wheat, rye, barley, gluten, you know, beer. I mean, come on, dude, I'm going to instantly lose credibility. When I told those guys, I was like, yo, I know you guys like bread. I know you guys drink beer. Like, I wouldn't stand up here and tell you to not have it, but just know that, you know, you're not going to get a great performance gain out of going out and drinking, you know, 27, 40-ounce mugs of beer at Oktoberfest. Depends now, what kind of performance, really. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, hopefully, you know, gym and bedroom. But uh, at the same right, like, you, you got to balance. John, you can tell them. You can say, hey, you don't need bread in your diet, but just don't say, don't say no Jews. Don't say that to them. <laughs> is that still a touchy subject? What, what the Jews or hey, juice? Too soon. Too soon. I said juice. Juice. No. Oh. Juice. Yeah, we uh, it's usually not good to make any kind of uh, anti-Semitic comments in Germany. I think they yeah, actually arrest you for that. I've done shows in Germany, and that was the one thing. They're like, the uh, you know, like the Nazi jokes aren't going to go over well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're real touchy about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend you can almost I, say they're Nazis about it. I had a friend go to jail there for calling a policeman a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a big problem, and I know like any type of like uh, wearing of anything that like looks like you know might be anti-Semitic or kind of relates back to it is like instant, no questions asked. You're in jail. Tex and I uh, were trying to walk to find something to eat and try to get a cab because we couldn't get a cab. And we walked into this little pizza joint, and I look over, and there's this, like, you know, pretty big dude, you know, shaved head, pretty aggressive looking, and he's wearing a jacket that's got a big Viking on it. And it was, like, it was something like willpower or something. And, and Tex is kind of asking him, like, well, usually in the States, if somebody has got a lot of Viking stuff, it's usually some form of, like, white supremacy stuff. And he's, I'm like, but Whoa. here in Germany, who knows? But uh, for the real, for the real ride, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go over and say anything to the dude, you know. Wow. So you got to just be aware of your surroundings and be happy, smile, and just be positive. Eddie, do you stay up and up on like the 
competitions? I know you said you're at the games, and did you follow the, the grid at all? That new yeah, um, we talk broadcast about, one. We talk about grid on the show a lot. I was I'm supportive of it, and the fact that like to see. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I don't like a large central government, if you know what I mean. And uh, uh, I kind of like to see the, the it fractioning off and all this different stuff. And anything that can promote people getting healthier and working out more is great. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about when you start a sport. I don't think you go uh, like, "Hey, we're going to start a sport," and bam, we're going to be in Madison Square Garden next week. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think you start off, you know, in a field somewhere and yeah, gradually go up. I mean, I but I'm all for it, and if it if it works and everything, I I I hope it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of his deal. I mean, like with comics, like isn't that how you kind of hone your craft? Isn't that like you go on the road, you kind of do, you know, Grassroots. like six like six drunk guys in a bar, and you're sitting there dropping like new material on them, and you kind of like cut your teeth, and then by the time you get, you know, to the big time and get to co uh, host the morning show on the Playboy channel, you know, you're pretty much... <laughs> you know, you've made it. You've made it. Yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, you're, you're weekend, at, uh, weekend at Hefs. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a long process of doing a lot of free shit. Like, that's why when everybody talks about these CrossFitters not making any money, I'm like, I didn't make any money in stand-up for probably three years before I ever got paid. You know, where I just did open mics every single night, and that's kind of when you want to go down that road. It's, you know, as an athlete, uh, how often, you know, how long did you play football before you got paid for football? So right. I love when people are like, you uh, aren't making any money. Like, well, of course they're not. <laughs> and you chose well, to mean, fucking I, exercise as your uh, primary means of yeah, I mean, income. For, for me, when I was in college, I mean, I had a scholarship, uh, and they worked us like we were slaves. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. we were, you know, the, the my scholarship check was 740 bucks a month, so my parents kicked me a couple hundred extra dollars, so I had $1,000 a month, my rent was 475 and we lived so far below the poverty line, like welfare, and you know, we couldn't even see the poverty line, so like, you know, and that's what happens, and I, you know, you've seen the universities make like hundreds of millions of dollars off these, like, deal, and we were like so broke guys are eating top ramen and, you know, like, you know, drinking water, trying to, you know, do anything they can to survive, and uh, you know, I mean, you know, but, but it's part of the deal. You cut your teeth, you get a free education, and then I got a chance to go play in the NFL and, and got paid a little bit better. Um, Luke and I were watching some of the grid, watching Playtech uh, yesterday, I guess it was. And one thing that I noticed um, in in direct contrast to, like, CrossFit Games, just because there's nothing else as big as it quite out there yet, but uh, is that these athletes are more than fully clothed. And that yeah, is. Because I was like, where are the abs? <laughs> They're in I, sleeves. I actually, so I don't think they have to wear uniforms. I yeah. wonder why they took that route, though. Yeah, they do. And it's like everything. Well, it's probably so you could follow people. So sure. that there was a number you could follow. I mean, can sure, you imagine but that's what the NFL a huge would look part. Like? I mean, that's it, a huge part of CrossFit. It's just yeah, like. The it's, it's a massive part of CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying it's one way or the other. I don't say I, I'm not saying I prefer one over the other. I still think it's interesting to watch. But I just thought, what a direct contrast! It's like everything is sexified, like in terms of wearing it to win it. as little clothing as possible. And to throw at least throw some props out there for Playtex. So Steve, Steve Playtex, one of our hosts, Eddie on our on the show, and he's been his time's been pretty thin since he's full time professor, and he's participating as a grid athlete. Yeah. Uh, but their, their semifinal match, they have their final match tonight. Oh, I thought uh, so. Which team's he on? He's on the Miami Surge. Okay. And they're go is that against New York? 
Uh, it's, I think it's got to be because they. I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest with you, but but uh, so he wanted to. You know, just want to give him a shout out, and I guess his match is tonight at five, and you can watch. You can watch it live uh, on the MPGL.com. But he, I guess, they're rebroadcasting this match on NBC next week. Oh wow! That, that's so, if it doesn't go bankrupt this afternoon. That's yeah. also true. Right. <laughs> well, they're selling raffle tickets, and I heard a couple of the guys' moms are having a bake sale. So, you know, when you go there, buy a couple extra paleo cookies, maybe buy a raffle ticket. Who knows? Get a free balloon. Uh, maybe Eddie F's going to do some stand-up comedy in terms of having, like, a fundraiser. I mean, who knows? They won't go bankrupt. Anthos came in and bailed them out, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, they've made it. Nah, you know... <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily know if Anthos would want to get back into that after, you know, what happened last time, but you, you never know. The guys could always be lurking. Well, they did. They had an influx of capital that had to come in because they did go, I'm pretty yeah. sure they went bankrupt, and then some, some another investor came in and kind of took over. So, yeah. uh, so somebody... Somebody I know they were looking for fundraisers, and I know they were trying to have a round of fundraising. I don't know if it was raised in-house or what. I mean, I heard, uh, you know, some some rumors about who was in it, but I, I don't really know, and they didn't really come out with it. And I, it was kind of a weird deal we saw on Facebook that I guess, like, one of their key investors pulled out, and they needed some dough, and, you know, hopefully they can keep riding it out and, uh, you know, get to a position. Is where, all that anonymous? Like, you can't find that information? Well, it, it's not a publicly traded company, so, okay, so you know, people can really play it. And the other thing I always think, too, is, um, you know, if people are out there investing and doing things, they might not really want to be, like, massively publicizing it because you don't want the eye of Saruman to get on you. Yeah. yeah. You know. I have Sauron. Sauron. Well, it's when people say, "Oh, it's a bad investment" or whatever. It's like, what's art? You know, what's you know, you. It's not a bad investment if you love it and you're into it. Yeah. And you want to be a part of something. It's you know, you're buying your way in, and that's what so many people invest in films that never make money and all kinds of stuff. So it's just a way to be a part of something, and and hopefully, you know, even if Grid doesn't make it, it might be. The start of something else that does, yeah. but it you know it's it's good to get these athletes getting paid. And if you're going to devote your life to exercise, you know, might as well make some money doing it. And yeah, well, yeah. if uh, you know, usually I thought when somebody gave a large amount of money to fund a movie, like part of the deal was I want to be in the movie. So like I could see if I like don't and be like, well, I want to start. If if you want me to give you a couple million bucks, I want to start. Well, maybe maybe that's how it goes. maybe the investor will get to be on Andrea Egger's Instagram page. Uh, I am sure it will. Uh, is she going to be smiling? Guarantee. With thumbs up? <laughs> is that her go-to? Uh, double minis. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she has 475,000 Instagram followers and That's you only why? have 12. <laughs> well, you Listen, I created 12 accounts to follow her. You have to follow it with a proverb. You have to what? You have to follow it with a proverb. Oh God! You, you've got to be kidding me. So I, I, I never could figure out like here's me, here's me in my underwear, but here's a proverb, so therefore it's okay. Uh, here's my ass eating my underwear. Yeah, here, yeah, because my ass is hungry and these underwear are small. So, but here's, but here's a proverb. Here's me being as narcissistic as possible. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, Sorry, Anthony. Even, Here's like a big stack of hundreds, and you're like, only a, you know, what is it, a, uh, easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven, but here's all my hundreds. Dude, uh, do you think there's just 400,000 people following her, ironically? 
and not because they actually dig her. No, they're just hoping like a nip slip. Or oh something. yeah. Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think she's got a lot of like the the, the Christians that love what she speaks about, and I think there's also probably a lot of horny dudes. And then there's a lot of girls that want to be like her. And then there's uh. Then there's the, the crossover. And well, and then there's people like Eddie that just want to use it as material. I was just gonna say. Then there's. The <laughs> <laughs> ironic. And, and then yeah. there's yeah, and then there's the smart people. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's like a Kardashian kind of thing. It's uh, you know, why do people why why do people watch the Kardashians? You know, and, and does anybody watch that show? Uh, I, I took a one uh, like I, I listened to one thing in college I think once and it was in a psychology class where uh, the professor told us that if you took an orange and put it on TV every day for a month like the fruit an orange and then rolled it down the street after that month people on the street would be going look look that's that orange that's oh that God. orange and, you know, if you're going to put yourself up in front of people enough and just self-promote and promote and promote and promote, eventually people are going to be like, who is this? What are they doing? Why are they doing this? I'm so interested. I can't wait. I need to know. And that's what, like, the Internet has become. It's like everybody's just trying to make themselves famous. By and honestly, famous. we are those people as well. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think so. Yes, I, we are. No, well, I, that's I, why I we're not we, as successful as yeah. Well, I, I I think we just uh, want to like put out a good product and don't really care about like, hey, here's you know, here's a, a picture of my junk in spandex with a proverb. I mean, that's and why have you been asking for all those pictures from me? <laughs> why have you been sending me all those pictures? I've I've been, I've been in the entertainment business for 19 years, and I can tell you honestly, honestly. I have hmm. never, in those 19 years, seen people more narcissistic than CrossFitters. Oh, totally. No shit. Way more than any anything else. I mean, like, the closest thing I can say are pageant girls. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like stand-up comedians who make a living doing comedy and uh, don't aren't, aren't one, one hundredth of what a CrossFitter is about self-promotion and putting themselves up on Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff and posting videos of themselves. There was something about the CrossFit world and the use of like social media and YouTube that was beyond. It was like it was like a group of people found this place where they were like, I need to be seen. People need to see me. And I've never seen a group so active. Isn't that so crazy? What I mean, I, what is it? I, is the is it like the training that makes no, people? I, no, no, no. I think it's like. Um, uh, I think it's frenzy. So I think it's like this kind of like herd mentality. Like if 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 this person's doing it, then I'm going to try to do it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like if all of a sudden you know one person starts running. Like if you're in a group of people, one person starts running, other people will start moving away. Like where are we running? And I think it's just a lot of people. Like when they get into the CrossFit stuff, there's like certain things like instantly, you know, instantly you get in, you start wearing board shorts, nanos. You know, you end up with skins. It's just like a progression, and I think like once all that stuff happens, and then people get in shape, and they kind of like flow into it. There becomes this idea that like now I have to publicize it, and you know, with the fever of a televi uh, television evangelist, and then they just got to broadcast it out there. And it's, um, I mean, it's it's pretty overwhelming, and you know. The, with that becomes pretty high maintenance, Eddie. And you probably know the same stuff. I I uh, told somebody once. I'm like, you know, I I played with. Um, Tom Brady, and he wasn't as high maintenance as some of these CrossFitters I've met. Yeah, not e not even close. I mean, I I've 
been with the worst, and I've opened for some massive, massive names. Like on traveled with them on the road, where where their rider and the way they act would never be anything like these cross. And it, it's funny because I bring the CrossFitters over to my house, and we have a lot of the top CrossFitters over to do the Wadcast. And the night before, I have people like Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond or Ty Pennington from Extreme Home Makeover, people who are really famous, really, really famous, and they don't come over with the attitude that the CrossFitters come over with. And you know, and I, you know, I athletes and I got a father-in-law who's a former pro football player too. Nothing. Nothing like these crossfitting. Well, me as well. I, dude, I, I, I rolled over and we had a great time, dude. I was like, great. Yeah. We used to sit here on the couch and slam kill cliffs. But when we, especially, and I, I this is going to sound bad, but like more the women than the men. The, 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 the men are kind of like, ah, but the female athletes, it's like, whoa, holy shit. This is, yeah, Kelly. You know, I, I feel like I can join no, no, I, I can't, I can't equate them to anything. It's, it's a really, really uh, weird phenomenon. And I think it's also it has a lot to do with the, uh, the improvements that they make. Like when anybody gets better at something, they want people to see it. So when people get into CrossFit, all of a sudden they get in this shape really quickly, and they get, you know, all of a sudden they want the world to know it. I think that has something to do with it more than anything else. So uh, the one I'm dying for is uh, who is your favorite person to open for, who's your favorite comedian to work with, and did you ever meet Sam Kinison? Never met Kinison. I started right when he died, I think, right? Or, or I might have been in New York, because I did 10 years in New York before I did L.A., and he was an L.A. comic. So um, I've opened for Seinfeld, uh, Robin Williams I worked with, um, both interesting experiences. I would say the best guy that I work with is Brad Garrett right now, who's like the coolest, nicest guy, most generous, unbelievable guy in the world. And he owns a comedy club in Las Vegas, and I go work there with him at his club, and he's just the greatest guy. You know, he's the cop from Everybody Loves Raymond, the brother. Yep. And uh, but my favorite comedian is called Dave Attell, and Hope, and I used to open for Dave Attell, who uh, Insomniac, and Dave's just. You know, he's, it's like he's the comic's comic. He's the one we all go in the room to watch. And, you know, if you ask 99% of the comedians who their favorite is, they'd say Dave. Um, used to work with Chappelle a lot. Um, you know, probably him. one of the best comics. Probably to, to this day, dude, the, the Dave Chappelle shows, I like. Like, I'm, I'm still, we'll go back and watch them, and I'm like, I, I can only imagine him, like, you know, spitting these out or, like, you know, presenting them to, like, a group of people and then just looking at it and being like, this dude is on a whole different level. Yeah, he was, he was, he, you know, he, he was the shit. Him and Mitch Hedberg, when Mitch used to go on stage, it was great to watch Mitch, and it was sad when he passed. Uh, and, um, uh, I, I don't, like, just this last year, we lost a couple, and, they die young. <laughs> Comics, that's why, like, so I don't die. Uh, the drug overdoses and uh, just, you know, living in hotel rooms every day, your life is tough. And, um, you know, working for an hour a day, having that, you know, inactive mind just sitting around going, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Yeah, I just... Fucking, what is it? Uh, I, uh, idle hands, you know, idle hands. Devil's workshop. Yeah, devils. So, 
Yeah, it's really true. So thank God for CrossFit because I'd probably be in bad shape if it wasn't. Um, you know, it keeps me out of trouble on the road. If I'm, I try to book. I surf a lot, so I try to book myself when I'm near waves. But you know, sometimes they put me in Kansas or Ohio, and that's when it's like, oh, CrossFit, help me, please. So Eddie, when you're when you're training, we, what we do with with our guests, just to kind of keep pushing out the the podcast and the audio experience, we get a little playlist and we put something together on our Spotify station. So when you're training, can you think of like uh, the, the top four, five, six songs that you would put on a playlist if you just want to get through uh, 20, 30 minutes and just grind through your workout? My wife is sitting now across from me. She just came in and she would laugh so hard because what I tell you is what she 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 know he's lying. It's not what he listens to. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Um but, uh, no, you know what? I don't listen to music. I had a guy a long time ago tell me uh, just stay away from music when you work out. But I will tell you, uh, uh, I have on my phone one thing that is amazing. And somebody in Australia gave it to me. It was a mix. It was a mix for uh, Fight Gone Bad. And uh, it's, you know, timed perfectly where every song is like... Uh, I guess what is it? Is it three minutes on or? It's a minute on. Minute on, for what is it? Three rounds or five rounds? I forget. Fight gone bad. Three rounds. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's five four, stations. Well, no, no, it's it's three five minute rounds with a minute yeah, rest. Right. So it's, it's yeah, like yeah. fighting. So so every minute the song switches and then you get your break, and it's funny during the breaks, they have. <laughs> It's uh, Burgess Meredith from Rocky. <laughs> Come on, Rock! <laughs> They're going to try to break you. <laughs> uh, we have to find that. Yeah, I have it. I'll give it to you. It is the best thing ever. Because when you're at the end of Fight Gone Bad going into that last round, it's like, get up. <laughs> get up, you son of a bitch. Rocky loves you. Or was it uh, Mickey loves you? You're a bum. <laughs> I don't know. What would I, I, I don't know. I guess I'd go with some of the Rocky songs. I like the, the Rocky soundtrack. Uh, Eye of the Tiger? Cheeseball. Yeah. Not Eye of the Tiger. Anything but Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Any of the Bill Conti music. You know, the, the in, instrumental. I just, I just throw you guys are all like, who's Bill Conti? Maybe the greatest composer of all time. <laughs> no, it sounds good. I mean, that's why Luke's basically furiously typing on his on the Google, looking these things up right now. So yeah, he was the he was the, he was the composer of the original Rocky theme song and all that stuff. Didn't you play in Philadelphia? Yeah, five years. I mean, Rocky's an institution. I, uh, uh, you know, when we first got there, we ran up the steps, and they had moved the statue over to the uh, across the street from the vet. So imagine our disappointment when we ran up the Rocky steps at the uh, at the museum. Uh, all of a sudden, like the statue isn't there. We're like, where the fuck yeah. is this statue? <laughs> so my brothers and I have a picture of us running up it, and then we had to get in the car and drive over to the sports complex, and then we took a picture in front of it, so we could like kind of piece it together in a picture. And then they moved it back, thank God. And uh, you know, the 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 better part about that is, I think people in Philly really believe Rocky was a fighter. Yeah. Like it's so ingrained in it. They're like, they're like, yeah, he was great. He won the heavyweight. He beat that clever Lang guy. And you're like, you know, that was a movie. And people are like, no, that happened. Oh, no. It did, right? <laughs> but uh, we we actually met we met Stallone. Uh, 
when the they open the link, which is Lincoln Financial, all of a sudden, like the whole place is growing, blowing up. It's this great kind of event. They're opening the stadium. All of a sudden, like the light pans, and there's like this huge spotlight, and it's like Rocky, uh, it's Stallone wearing like a Deuce Daly jersey, I think, like up there in like the like the top of the like on some perch, like in the middle of it, and we look up, and it's like. New Adrian! And I'm like, that's... And all of a sudden, the place erupted, and we ended up losing that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Bill Burr had a great joke about it. When uh, Probably one of the funniest YouTube bits you'll ever see in your life is uh, Bill Burr was getting booed off stage in Philadelphia at the Opie and Anthony big show oh. that they do there, and he turned the whole crowd around. They were booing him, and he they were booing everyone, and he wouldn't let them, and in front of 10,000 people, he just started putting down Philadelphia. And he said, you racist, he goes, you have one of the, uh, uh, who, who, who was the boxer that was from Philly? Uh, Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier. He said, you got one of the greatest boxers of all time, Joe Frazier, is from your city. You don't even acknowledge him. You've got an imaginary statue of an imaginary hero. <laughs> up, up, you, and you, because you're too racist. And he just keeps putting them down and putting them down. And he ended up turning into a standing ovation. It is one of the funniest comedy videos you've ever watched. Watch Bill Burr in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I actually remember, uh, because WIP, uh, which was the rock store, was the, the deal, and then there was like WMMR, and uh, I can't remember the other radio station, but I used to go in there and do some radio stuff with them, because they were, you know, the rock station, we used to go to the shows, but I remember when uh, WMR and Opie and Anthony and all that, and they would come down and have their big deal in Philly, and the whole, like, whip it out Wednesday, yeah. which, uh, like, dude, that whole thing just went, like, those guys went so far off at the deep end, it was crazy. I was on the morning show with them. Uh, I was at the mornings, and they were the afternoons in, in New York. And uh, okay. I, was, I was there, they all went to jail. And I... I came into work in the morning, and their whole crew was there. And I said, "What's going?" They go, "All in jail. <laughs> black Everybody's in jail." <laughs> well, well the, wasn't watching. the deal that uh, they had that uh, that P, that deal where like people were supposed to have like sex in like public places? No, that was and, that was prior to it. This one was because uh, they had a bus. They found a law that if you were within your own home. If you're within your own home, you're allowed to be naked. Even if people can see in your windows, it's legal to be naked. And so an RV is considered a home. So uh, this company <laughs> made a glass bus called the Bus. And so Opie and Anthony drove it around the city with, like, naked girls in it, strippers, and their fans would follow them, and they would have, like, a motorcade. Well, one day, uh, the president was in town. And I think it was, I think it was George Bush at the time. And he's in town, and uh, uh, Opie and Anthony decided to drive the voyeur bus into his motorcade. <laughs> so, like, they got in, <laughs> and uh, they all went to jail. Like, Giuliani arrested everybody. And none of them were charged. They let them out, like, 48 hours later. But it was funny. I, I mean, I saw some things there. I remember one day walking into the studio, and there was a woman completely naked, with uh, an old woman in a wheelchair, and the woman's sitting there, and the old woman has a hot dog on a stick, and the woman is blowing fire out of her vagina, and the old lady is roasting the hot dog. And I just went, I think I've fucking seen everything. And they go, no, you haven't. Oh. They go, that's her grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dude, that my. show. I, I don't know if you guys God. remember, but like their their show, it was unreal. That thing was like an institution in Philly. I mean, they had like they. Uh, Oh my God! Like I, I just remember, like everywhere you went, they they had this uh, W O W. It was uh, Whip It Out Wednesdays, where like you know girls would flash, and like bumper stickers were just everywhere. I mean, those guys crushed it, and their comedy stuff was pretty good too. They used to come down to the Electric Factory and uh, and go down and play shows. Yeah, they're they're good guys. I just had Anthony, who's been kicked off the show recently. I just had him on my show a few weeks ago. Um, he was kicked off for a rant that he did on Twitter. And Sirius kicked him off the show. So. Huh. Wow. Oh. Must have been pretty bad. Yeah, what was his yeah. rant about? I mean, seeing as he got uh, stern. CrossFit? It, was it about CrossFit? Yeah, it was pretty much. Uh, he was, uh, He was. had. I think he had dropped the N-bomb a few times about a woman yeah. who had, uh, a woman had basically beaten him up in Times Square. He, uh, he was taking pictures of something or bumped into some woman or something, or she didn't want him taking a picture, and she started hitting him physically. And he didn't do anything about it. Like he didn't hit her back or anything like that. But he went on um, he went on uh, Twitter and talked about it and was like this and you know blah 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 you know hit me blah blah blah. His argument is she physically assaulted him, which is illegal. Nobody cares. His argument was I you know used my freedom of speech in America and all of a sudden I'm fired. And I I understand both sides, which are you know they're a private company. They can do whatever they want, but. And th whatever this woman did was wrong too, but what he did was wrong also. You know, right. So. Well, well, you saw the deal where the ESPN columnist, who I name escapes me right now, uh, on yeah, on on his podcast, basically called Goodell a liar and like went on a pretty massive rant about you know he's either an idiot or a liar, and I don't think he's an idiot, and you know went on that pretty good rant, and ESPN suspended him, and I'm like. You know, and like the Washington Post people writing, I'm like, well, yeah, it's because the NFL is ESPN's biggest partner. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, when there's money involved, like people, that's what that's what I said about Anthony. Like they're they're a private company or not a oh, public company, whatever. They they're for profit, and if they think you're going to hurt their profits, they have every right to fire you. Now, hey, this is American. You're not going to jail for it. You know, you. That's the great thing about this country. You can say anything you want. That's why I like having the podcast podcast being independent. I can say anything I want. And I don't have, you know, like we've gotten calls about, we've had so many guests in the beginning of our show that were like, your show, uh, we're going to get in trouble with CrossFit. We're not allowed to be on there, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are they going to do to you? And I guess a lot of people, that's where their income was coming from, was CrossFit headquarters. So I understood it. And I used to tell Armin, I'm like, this is their, this is their job, you know, and they can't come on and you know, make jokes about their boss, you know, they're, so, but they've kind of, they, I, I think, massive, but now it's kind of acceptable. Um, yeah. Because what are they going to do? I mean, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to, you know, kick everybody out. There's too many outlets for people to go to. And that's why I do like the grid too, because it gives us, you know, oh, oh, you're not going to let us, you're not going to let us come to the CrossFit Games and do media there. Then we'll do it at Grid. Well, I mean, we had a pretty good podcast at the Killcliffe deal at the games. I mean, yeah. that was hilarious. Uh, well, I mean, we... Killcliffe was the ones that invited us and allowed us to do that, which was great. That was really great of them. Um, we were worried when the CrossFit Games, when the CrossFit Games uh, people came up, they, like, walked by us, and there were a whole bunch of them, and I was like, oh, boy, here we go. We're getting thrown out. And uh, they let us. They, they let us stay, so I guess they, you know, 
They don't. They don't hate us that much. <laughs> no, and it, it was a pretty good vibe. I mean, we had a, a bunch of, you know, I guess you could say uh, CrossFit celebrities there, so it was kind of a celebrity hour. I mean, you guys had, uh, I mean, as well, I was there was there, you. Well, there was me, <laughs> uh, but but it was like Lindsay Valenzuela and uh, you know Jesse was there and uh, Christmas Abbott. So I think uh, you know they had a lot of people there. So I mean, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty funny. Well, uh, I, you know, I think, believe me. I, I think that's how CrossFit kind of feels about us now. It's like, look, everybody's having fun with this. We're not, we're not trying to hurt CrossFit. Like, we obviously love fun with it, and it's like you got to be able right. to yourself. So it's that'd be like the. I mean, I could understand the NFL. He called him a liar. He was like, "You're a liar. You're a liar." Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I think ESPN overreacted yeah. to it. Well, I mean, what is good? I mean. Well, I mean, ESPN's not necessarily worried about, you know, Goodell. What they're worried about is those, you know, 32 owners that are collectively worth, like, a gazillion dollars who, you know, have far-reaching, you know, ties. And so all of a sudden, you know, the NFL's biggest deal is the last thing they want is to have a, you know, negative image. I mean, their media image is worth everything because that's why people buy into it. So anytime that they have a partner like ESPN with a major, you know, their biggest columnist, all of a sudden start taking those shots and saying that. I mean, dude, that's a liar. He is a liar. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know Goodell's a piece of shit. I mean, we, we know he's a liar. He is a liar. He knew about it. They buried it. The thing came out. I mean, TMZ completely fucked him, and now he's, you know, all this stuff. And, I mean, dude, that guy made $47 million. He doesn't make $47 million because he's a good fucking guy. He makes it because he gets the job done and protects the owners. Right, exactly. You know, so, I mean, I, and, and then you get uh, Ray Lewis on there who, I, you know, was hysterical because, uh, you know, that's ESPN putting that moron in that position. I'm like, come on, dude, you're really going to put Ray Lewis on there and have him talk about, you know, good good decisions? I mean, come on, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, well, was I the only one? I mean, everybody else saw the irony. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. I mean, he's up there talking, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I mean, he, he should have looked at him and been like, I, I know I work for you guys, but don't put me in this situation. Yeah. Like, hold on, hold on. Let me let me wear my bloody shirt while I give the uh, while I while I talk about it. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, like it's uh, oh yeah, it's I mean, it's crazy, and it's like. I mean, it, and if you look at how the Ray Lewis thing went down, I mean, that was Art Modell, and that I mean, it was such a shady, shady deal. And you know, that's a stroke. That's the power of the owners, and um, you know, these always, guys are in, in this to make money. I've always said football is America's religion. Like, if you look at it, uh, you know, uh, the way the molestation case happened with uh, Jerry Sandusky, uh, you know, that happened, and when it came to the forefront, it was like three days, and Penn State was shut down. The whole school was shut down. They fired everyone from the. They, they fired the administrators. The they fired the, the board of trustees. They they fired the assistant coaches. They killed the head coach. They, Dude, they uh, they took down Joe Pa's statue. <laughs> they took down Joe. They murdered Joe. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, and they he died they, shortly after. But, but my point is, they did that. They did that. And that was football, and America was like, we will not put up with this. Meanwhile, the Catholic Church has been doing that shit for 200 years, 300, 400, and everyone's like, oh, well, those wacky priests. Because America <laughs> cares more about football than anything else in the world. Like, that is number one. So, on that note, I got to run, guys, because uh, I got another appointment I got to get to. I apologize for being late. Um, I've had fun. This is more fun than doing Wadcast. No, it's right, well, that's because we're actually funny, <laughs> whereas Armin and Scott really aren't that funny, and they just basically just kind of 
push it to you to be funny. So, Eddie, you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah. I uh, Well, I'm at the L.A. Podcast Festival this week. Uh, we're at the Sofitel Hotel in Beverly Hills, and uh, we've got a really good guest. We have Vanity, um, who I, you can look her up. Look up. Make sure you take the Google, uh, like, Vanity from Vanity 6? Vanity. Is this per- is this Prince's Vanity? No, Vanity with two eyes. Check her, I mean him out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm listening. So that's, uh, that's, we're going to be doing talking shit there, my other podcast. And uh, we have a lot of comedians on the show. And then I will be in, uh, I don't know how far reaching you are, but I am. I leave on Wednesday. I go to Norway and Denmark. I'm doing shows all over, uh, all over those two countries. So... Where, where are you going? Are, are you going to Copenhagen? I believe I am in Copenhagen. I think I have two shows in Copenhagen. So, uh, have you ever been to Copenhagen? No, never been. So you got to go to Christiania. Christiania, what is that? Yeah. So there's a kind of an interesting deal. There was an old military base in Copenhagen, and around the '60s, uh, the hippies went in and took control of it, and it became an unincorporated free city. So it's right in the center of Copenhagen, and it is probably the most surreal thing that I've ever seen. And when I went there, I mean, we went to Christiania. You walk through this, like, kind of like, imagine, like, this hippie commune sign that says Christiania. Uh, We went to a bar, uh, and we're drinking beer, uh, you know, and I think, like, the newest record they have was, like, you know, uh, the Rolling Stones, 1966, uh, you know, type stuff. I mean, it was just a super cool place. We went to dinner there. I mean, it's just a completely free city. Um... And just not really off. It's totally off the grid. So it's I, you know, it's okay. a it's a pretty wild thing. So if you go there, you definitely got to go see it. I think you are the most worldly NFL football player ever. <laughs> like I think most football players, you know, they play in the NFL, then they go home and they they tell stories about their old days of playing. And you travel all over the world and do all these cool everything I've ever done. You're like, yeah, I've done that. And uh, but you got to find this. It's in the corner. And you <laughs> twice and then give the guy the secret handshake, then you end up meeting the mafia. The mafia is going to take you down the street. When you shoot guys, then they're going to give you the gun. You have to shoot the guy in the leg. Once you shoot the guy in the leg, they'll give you the free beer. Uh, <laughs> the beer's great. Yeah. It's a little warm, but... Uh, yeah, you know, it's all right. What are we doing? Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks for being the funniest person on our podcast ever. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not too funny today. I've had a crazy day. Uh, but uh, had fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. No problem, Eddie. Thanks. Thanks, Bye. Eddie. See you. Well, that's good shit. I'm glad he could pop out. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, rude shit. This might be the longest one. Oh, way over. This is a long one. Well, let's just, uh, let's just give a little Wade's Army and then we'll kick it off, yeah, uh, guys. And, and, yeah. Anybody listening, uh, Wade's Army, we are at 38% of our goal. we got another 47 days. We've uh, basically raised just under 23000 And if you're listening to this and you have not participated and bought a shirt and got in and made a deal, we are going to come look for you. Yep. So uh, if you're a field stronger, we're going to start hammering this on uh, every day in the narrative and also on the forums and start posting it every day on CrossFit Football on our social media. And I expect everybody to really get involved and be anticipating Wade's Day, which is coming November 11th, and um, I think it's I, I think we're on track. I mean, we we're at a, a good point. We're posed, but we need uh, everybody's help. So head over to wadesarmy.org. There's all the information there, or like Wade's Army on Facebook, or follow Wade's Army HQ on Twitter. You can yes. donate on our pages if you don't want to create your own. Yeah. Donate on my page. Yeah, like Luke yeah. Summers. Team Warborn. Team Warborn. Kelly Hinsman. Luke Summers.
Join my bag got stolen. I deserve this. Yeah. Uh, I know hey. I can do it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Cool. Right. Good Later. show. Bye. Bye. Bye.